This is the Wizards Nightshirt Podcast, episode 66. to the Wizard's Nightshirt. This is episode number 66. I'm Rebecca, and here with me are... The spirit of Grayskull told him it was his destiny to be here. It's Scott! It did, and it is wonderful to have all the power of Grayskull. <laughs> That's right, That's Scott. Flowing through you. That's <laughs> correct, Scott. And he was zapped from another dimension and found himself on this podcast... It's Will! Uh, everything's upside down where I come from. <laughs> you don't wear that diaper anymore. <laughs> At the Wizard's Nightshirt, we're revisiting He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and She-Ra, Princess of Power. Today, we're reviewing episode 108 of He-Man, Tila's Triumph. And this is our monthly lightning round episode. Dun, dun, mean- dun. Thank you. Sorry. Okay, that's how we know it's dramatic. Sorry. That, that means we will be pulling out our stopwatch to make quick reviews of several episodes that happen between the main episodes we review. As always, you can look at our episode guide on the website if you'd like to follow along. 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 If you want to follow along wrong, look on somebody else's website. <laughs> Thank yeah, because they won't. It'll be wrong on their website. Okay. Rebecca, would you get us back on track? The original. No, let's hear from Rebecca. <laughs> Here we go. Quit making fun of these scripts. <laughs> the air date was November eighth, nineteen eighty four, and on this day in history, A Nightmare on Elm Street was one of the most viewed movies in America. Hey, have you guys seen that movie? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah. I was more of a Jason guy, but... Of I mean, course sh- you were a Jason guy. Why is that not even... So, that, of course you were a Jason guy. <laughs> you, live, you live in a hockey I like, region, I like the why. slow running and then the him slow- catching up <laughs> impossibly. <laughs> and you're just like, all right, well, that happened. I think I think the dream thing freaked me out. Well, that's a, you know, it's a freaky idea. Because you actually have dreams about it, and then he's in your dreams. I mean, J- <laughs> Jason was just silly. Jason was pretty silly. Of course you liked Jason. That's hilarious. Because it was silly. <laughs> most for the most part. I feel it's, it's more, it's like that Phantom of the Opera thing we've got you pegged for. We just yeah, can't yeah, start talking like about masks. it. You, you like masks. There you go. There you I go. Think, I think <laughs> also you like live. a dramatic mask. Yeah, you lived in a hockey region too. I think that's why. Uh, yes. And in this episode, the sorceress is transported to another world by Skeletor. And Tila must temporarily assume her mantle. So, in this episode, we finally get to see Tila... Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Uh, We finally get to see Tila, you know, play a little bit in this world that we know that she's going to be in. She's going to eventually assume the mantle of Sorceress. She's going to sit on the throne of Castle Grayskull, although she does not know this, and they will not tell her, but we'll get into that later. And, um... There was not a whole lot of ceremony about her that doing this. It was really more of a trial period that she had to endure. And um, I was just wondering if you can think of any memorable coming-of-age ceremonies or coming-of-age gifts that you were given to mark, you know, with pomp and circumstance, your passage into adulthood. Or if there was any bizarre ritual that you did in your town or home or family to do so. That was both very wordy and very vague. <laughs> Rick, I know you can back me up on this from um, growing up in a s- smaller southern town where this is a, a uh, bigger deal for some reason. And our prom, you know, like every school has a prom or whatever, but it wasn't like a thing just like for kids. It was like a community event in my town and everybody shows up and all the adults are there to watch it. And it's like um, a royal wedding or something. And they talk about the couples, like it's legitimate celebrity couples. And seriously? Yeah, it's hilarious. It's crazy. So it's like a, so it's like a, a what do they call that? A, not a coronation, but a... They call it prom promenade. Yeah. I mean, so it's like a, like a walk. It's very formal. Always, uh, the, 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 the cotillion. Yeah, yeah. It's like a coming it's like a coming out party or something. Is that, yeah. is that, is that a thing? Did for they you? do cotillions no, or no, it's, I bet richer people did, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, it was still a well, thing. Well, really my funny. sister did it when she was I don't know what it was for. It was for something, but she did it 
one year or something mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, why is she doing this? Like, <laughs> this is weird. I'm a woman yeah, now, sorry, Scott. Sorry, but Alice Paula Abdul. Back, back to your prom. I'm it's, very surprised a, that you didn't get roped into like being her escort or like dancing with her or something terrible for a I cotillion. I might have been too young at the time. Like I was like, it was in between or whatever. Okay. But like, yeah. A cotillion is the perfect example of like a bizarre, you know, just completely pointless coming of age ritual much like the prom promenade i mean like seriously your town it is like friday night lights out there yeah which you there know you it's just like yeah. oh how's your throwing arm boy it's like joey josh if you don't get to go on and play for the university of florida you're gonna come over and take over my jeep four-wheeling dealership <laughs> like <laughs> well, oh, it's, that's it's a, really a thing well, that's a four-wheeling dealership yeah. four-wheeler dealership it's a jeep dealership and they also sell four-wheelers yeah. that's all they got man they got everything scott me and joey we can josh hook you up. We can hook you up. Four wheelers? He's gonna sell you and a four jeeps? wheeler. And jeeps. Everything you want. Holy cow. Jeep Do you guys sell trailers so I can pull my four wheelers? Yeah. We can sell oh. a four wheeler that pulls a truck that pulls a jeep mm. if you need that. A truck boat truck on my four wheeler dealer ship me and Joe. It's like Josh. a turducken but with trucks and yeah, four exactly. wheelers. Exactly. Yeah. And a yeah. boat. Do you have any boats in there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Like, again, I grew up in a different part of the South, so, you know, it's not the exact same. But there was a whole lot of pomp and circumstance around our prom, too, which is ridiculous because, like, everyone in my friend group didn't really care. However, we were still, like, trotted out and we had to do all the pictures. And my high school best friend has pretty well-to-do parents, and so we got to have this free dinner at Club LeConte. (laughs) <laughs> Which is like at the top of the bank building in, in d- downtown. Club, it was called Le Club LeCant. And I remember LeCant. LeCant. Like Mount LeCant. Okay. And where's Mount LeCant? It's a mountain, okay? <laughs> okay, Don't worry I about believe it. you. I just, <laughs> I've never heard of Mount LeCant. <laughs> I know you've never okay, heard sorry, of Club LeCant either because you're not fancy enough. Yeah, okay, no, there it but, is. But I remember, like, it was just so weird because it's just like, are we really, do, do we really have to do this? And um, I remember it was so fancy that we got, like, sorbet in between the courses. And Adam, my, my best friend, he was like, why did they give us this weird little thing of ice cream? And I had read books, so I was like, it's to cleanse the palate, obvs. But it was ridiculous how you had to go and uh, take all the photos. And, like, we didn't even care, but we still had to do it, for, like, for our parents. I, did, we, we, yeah, oh, thing? yeah, yeah. Well, you, you had to take photos before, and then you had to take photos while you were at prom. Oh, that. right, yeah. Your What was your prom theme, your senior prom? Do you remember? Oh, no. It no. Was, there was no theme. It was just, Y'all didn't do a theme? No. How did you know how to feel about the night if there wasn't a theme? <laughs> there <laughs> when I see been. you smile. Or, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, beautiful. Love, love. What yeah, is the I was, wonderful I was, tonight? I was, That's I was, a prom I was thinking theme. about like the movies like. It's like, you know... My heart will go on. Like, Under the Sea or something like that. Yeah, Under the Sea. No, no, that was not... Scott, you would have loved Under the Sea for a It might have been like... (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I'm going to enjoy that better. Because then at least you could pick your outfit. Like, you're you're just like, what am I supposed to wear to this normal prom? Right. If it's under the sea, Boring. you're like, you know, trident. I gotta carry trident. trident. I could wear my scaly uh, uh, suit, finally. Flippers. (laughs) You know, yeah. This won't go out of style. I can wear my Aqua Aquaman uh, pajamas <laughs> below my suit. Well, what was your prom theme? Oh, I don't think we did that either. Y'all didn't do a prom theme. It was probably like semi charm kind of life or something. <laughs> I don't know. That's terrible. Uh, That's a terrible prom theme. <laughs> Will, you went to everybody's prom. I did. Didn't you? I was a really good, reliable uh, standby for for like. I would do all the things supposed to do. You, you would went not to be more embarrassed. Than, did you go more than one prom I a went year? To, no, but I went to... But like every year I went to you everything. Went to I was so not embarrassing and did all the right things. Like if you just needed like a solid gonna show up, but there's like no commitments involved, you couldn't do better than, <laughs> than Will. <laughs> like he's gonna buy the thing. He's gonna get the flowers. He's gonna be on time. His parents aren't embarrassing. You go somewhere. It's fine. Yeah. So. Yeah. So so even like Fred like so was uh, wait was your prom only for seniors? I think any anybody could go. Anybody could go, but I'm saying like, so so for us like only juniors and seniors right. could invite somebody. Right. But I went every year because of, somebody right. always invited yeah, you. Juniors and seniors who could not get a date with a juniors and seniors. <laughs> <laughs> Pick Don't from be so their down pool. On yourself, Will. Pick from their pool. <laughs> uh, uh, 
ge- of gentlemen suitors. That is funny how many times in your life you're like, I'm going to wear a tuxedo, but it's always to prom. Like, you go to men's warehouse, most of the people who are there are like children you're being right. dressed by their moms. You're and right. it's very funny. You're yeah. right. If you go there as a grown man, you'll feel out of place. I went there as a grown man and my mom still bought me a suit. <laughs> <laughs> you're a man now, little Scott. There she's is. Like, she's like, I'm yeah. happy to buy you a suit. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You look so handsome. It's my big boy. Like, Can you not call me that? Yeah. Mom. All right, but put these shoes on the tab, too. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's where they make all their money. They're like, don't you need a pocket square? It's $25. They're busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, this, the, the, this suit is only 80 bucks, but this shirt's going to... You, you buy this shirt, you buy these shoes and everything else, and you're like, $400. And you're yeah. like, wait, what? The moms can't help themselves. They're like, this would be cute. Yeah, their entire business model is built on moms buying their son's stuff. <laughs> I feel like if you went to prom that much, though, if you bought... A tuxedo, or in the beginning, in the freshman year, you might have saved money. That's true. You would over have been the down four years. Everybody did a rental. Cost yeah, per use, it would have really been down. And then maybe now you'd be the owner of a wide lapel 1999 suit, and then somehow also throw in some Matrix sunglasses. I was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> Um, are we talking about he? I just, I, just, I just want to keep talking about prom, but that's ridiculous. We really don't don't need to do that um, much more. But yeah, no, as as an example of a ridiculous coming of age ritual, I don't know if you can get much better than that because that is just it's nonsense. This is the spirit of Grayskull. Let's rap about our feelings in Act One. I sure am ready to call it a day. And now back to Rebecca. And, and now back to Rebecca. So who did not have to invite Will to prom is probably <laughs> Tila if she didn't go with Ram Man. I don't know. She didn't get to have a prom. <laughs> Tila didn't get to have a prom at all because it's just Duncan lecturing her on the best way to dance. Uh, He's like, you I- know what I like is a good Irish jig. Like, Duncan, it's <laughs> a terrible dance. <laughs> We want to dance to the hits of uh, today. Quit, quit, quit dancing. Also, just tap your foot. Don't do anything embarrassing. <laughs> just, just tap your foot. Sometimes when I'm driving a tech track, I like to pat my hand on the steering wheel <laughs> in time to the music. Hey, you know what uh, Ram Man's uh, tuxedo would be? It would just be like um, uh, a can label that he would just wrap around himself. <laughs> like a can of Black Eyed Peas. And it's just like they draw on a tuxedo on the front of it. It's like, I look great. <laughs> and they like glue it on him. And then like he has to spend the next week like with goo gone. Like getting it off. <laughs> Uh, so what's Tila doing here? So she's practicing her swordsmanship with Duncan. And they've been practicing for two hours, it is revealed. So they're, they're, she's just getting it, you know. And she is trying to best him in fencing. Oh, yes. I and, guess it was like it was like fencing. And before she drink. fights Duncan, she is trying to get Adam to finish his sword lessons. And he is slinking away exhausted. Tila, I'm too tired. <laughs> Pick on someone your own size. Uh, how about me, Tila? Meanwhile, like that's going on at the palace, and over at Castle Grayskull, the uh, spirit of Grayskull is telling Sorceress that she really needs to get out of the house more often, and maybe she should go visit her friends at the palace, because she never leaves, and he's like, you've been in your nightgown all day, Sorceress. (laughs) Oh yeah, so we should stop eating cereal for lunch. (laughs) You're looking at cat kits, and you won't stop. So we should talk about this. We've never met the spirit of Castle Grayskull I believe this this is the first... I see him in a lightning round but I don't know if that precedes this mm-hmm. but this is the first we have seen really the, the spirit of Grayskull. And he's freaky enough we should we should describe him he's a disembodied maroon head. Maroon head. That yeah. looks kind of like um, 90's virtual reality or something it's got like a real 70's heavy metal kind of thing going on. looks like vision a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. He, he I mean, maroon like head, that. you know, yeah. whatever. But. So, but to Rebecca's point, it's pretty funny because he, he looks all uh, mystical and kind of like he's going to be Zodak-like, but his personality is just, he's um, very down to earth and just gives good counsel about things, <laughs> which true. was very surprising. He's very normal. It is kind of like Sorceress's husband. Yeah. She, he really is. Like, he's like, you know... Like, and then we'll go play tennis if you want. Like, you know, they're, they're living a very low-key life. I'm going to Kroger. What do you want? When was the last time you visited her? You know me well, Spirit of Grayskull. It has been too long. Yeah, so he gives her some life coaching, and he says, says you should go see her. 
She's like, I'll go there on Falcon's wings. <laughs> she did say so that. It's like, okay, she? take it down a notch. Take it down a notch. Just go over there. Just or walk. Just walk. Take a staff. I will go to her as fast as I can on the wings of a falcon. Yeah, she probably doesn't walk nearly enough. She's not no, getting her steps why, in. You could turn into a bird. Why would you walk? To you get your steps in on your Fitbit. I don't know. Why does anybody <laughs> walk? Just put your Fitbit on your wing. Just flap That's cheating, Scott. You can't do that. <laughs> it's not cheating. You can't flap your way to ten thousand steps. I put my Fitbit on my on my leg when I'm when I'm doing spin. This <laughs> <laughs> is walking too. To You're cheating yourself. You are cheating yourself. Uh uh-uh. uh. Do you I'm take it? Do you take it? In- I'm, I'm I'm getting that money for that for that insurance. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> do you shake it sometimes? No, no, no. I, don't. I I mean that's cheating. That's just desperate. I'm I'm, I'm actually exercising at that point. You That's know, fair and enough. And my, and my steps aren't getting counted. So you're not a monster. You don't no, shake no, it. No, 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 no. No, I don't do that. Unless okay. I'm in a heavy But Sorceress does. She does. Yeah. Okay. The Spirit of Grayskull is like, how many steps have you gotten today, Sorceress? And she's like, 12,000. She's, like, <laughs> she's, she's just sitting there flapping. <laughs> flapping. It's like, all right. I'm going to back to sleep for a millennia. At last, finish. But will it work? Of course it will work. I, the mighty Skeletor, created it. Oh, we were talking about monsters. Meanwhile, at Snake Mountain, Skeletor and Trapjaw and Evelyn are there, and he's got this new zapping gun. Is it called anything other than a zapper? It's like a dimensional portal gun or something. It zaps people to other dimensions. And Skeletor is mad that Trapjaw is sleeping while he's describing to us its awesome powers. Yeah, yeah. I, I did enjoy them in this episode. They were they were fun. How dare you sleep during my greatest triumph, the solution to our problem? Um, and then so he uh, gets the zapper gun and... Zor happens to be going by on her way to visit the palace and he's just like watch and zoops her off to another dimension I was genuinely shocked when that happened I thought that was really really fun and dramatic it's like one of the first times in He-Man I've been surprised by anything so I was like that's kind of cool actually I do love that he didn't know it was an important falcon yes that's it that's what was so interesting (laughs) it was just a bird to him yeah I thought it was really interesting. And then if Duncan could have heard about it, he would have been like, a bird? Say no more. I'll go there on Falcon's wings. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have wings, Duncan. Like, but in my mind, I do. See that Falcon? Yeah, so that the question is, if she goes to a different dimension, doesn't she lose power pretty quick, though? You would think. Well, it definitely would be diminished i would i would think apparently they can still access the power there but you would think that that would have been a problem she definitely doesn't have gray skulls powers the same way i would think yeah well i'm also thinking like just does she need the powers to change into the bird i do not know that okay i do not know spirit of gray skull would know (laughs) yeah we We should should ask ask the maroon head think of nothing else Wasn't it, wasn't it funny that the uh, place she went, this other dimension, that it could have been any sort of plane of existence? Uh, you know, I was writing down a description of it. It's like, oh, sort of primordial, early earth, lava flows, volcanoes. That's what Eternia is. I know. <laughs> it's really no different. She yeah. could have been in her own backyard. Yeah. There's, there's less volcanoes on Eternia. Like, there's my pergola. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. never mind. But um, she's so far away and in such a remote location that she does say... Um, how could anyone, even He-Man, find me amongst all the possible worlds? Because it's not just another mm. world. It's one world among infinite possible worlds. And it worlds. still looks like, like uh, Eternity. Wouldn't it be funny if there was like another slightly different looking castle? It's like, what is this strange, awful place where this <laughs> Castle Grace Bowl is here? I don't even recognize it. <laughs> now we're returning to the courtyard. Yeah, and then we get Cringer being hilarious and says that everything is very exciting sarcastically while being sleepy. Mm-hmm. Aren't they great, Cringer? I've never seen such fencing. Very exciting. And uh, at this time, Spirit of Grey Skull is a space and it floats to Adam and tells Adam and Tila that Tila's got to go to Grey Skull right away and she needs to go there right now and take the place of the sorceress because the sorceress is gone. And like, okay, we get why this is probably an important thing. You don't want it vacant. But then knowing what we know about Grayskull, is really is it really all that pressing? Like, what kind of business did she leave behind? Like, 
Like, Tila, don't let the DVR get full. Like, <laughs> what is this pressing business? watching too much Days of Our Lives. <laughs> I've got to get all the episodes of Property Brothers. <laughs> They're going to redo a whole house. It's like, the, they do that every episode, Sorceress. <laughs> the urgency of it does make you feel like it's a crappy job. It seems exactly like real life. When somebody comes to you and quickly wants you to do something, you know they're asking you to take over a crappy job. It's a, it's a, it's true. It's a position they have to fill right away. It's generally not even urgent, even if they make it sound urgent. And at that moment, it really wasn't urgent, although it will become urgent soon. But like at this time, it's just like, make sure you take my garbage cans back from the curb, Tila. Like it, it's not, it's not important yet that she do it. And then it starts raining, and the garbage cans start filling. Yeah, <laughs> and then like, the lids are urgent. flipped up, and then you gotta dump it out, and then roll it back. Yeah. It's, like, it's like the story of my life every Thursday. Grayskull is empty. The sorceress is gone. You must take her place. Me? How could I take the sorceress's place? She probably thinks there's all this like uh, <laughs> mystical stuff happening. It's pretty much just like existential peeling potatoes. Yeah. Is, is what's happening there. A lot of caulking around the bathtub. It's just not like not a lot of exciting things that need to happen there. Yeah, but... you get that caulking tool. <clears throat> so much better. So uh, we should we should mention that the a big theme here is um, Duncan encouraging Tila to rise to her potential because she has never been able to beat Duncan in a sword fight, and uh, he says, "As long as you say you can't, you can't." And uh, but she does disarm him and sort of getting a hint that there's more she can do, and she gives a good Julie Roberts laugh when she does it. <laughs> yeah, that's, this is the Tila cackle. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I taught you too well. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do enjoy. I really do like that. You know, that's the animation they use all the time when, mm -hmm. when Tila laughs. I, mean, I like it, though, because this time I noticed that um, they animate her with her nose wrinkled. Like a genuine laugh. Like, mm -hmm. that's, you know, when you're actually laughing. I'm, it's I, they, they did have a nice moment between uh, Duncan and Tila where, you know, he tells her what a wonderful woman she's become and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you can do anything that you think you can, blah, blah, blah. And it was very touching. Yeah, they have, they I have really a like that. They have a nice hug. I did like that. I, yeah. I always like it when I'm surprised by there being actual genuine human moments in the in the kids' show. I was like, oh, I really yeah. feel like these are real people. I like when they get close enough to them being real people. It's kind of neat. Yeah, I did, I did like that. This is Duncan. I heard there's a planet where the only resident is a bird. Marvelous. Here's Act 2. With that bird. Eh, what's wrong? Are we under attack? He-Man is coming this way. So He-Man goes to Snake Mountain and just figures that Skeletor is behind the missing sorceress and he just demands to know what happened. And um, Skeletor now has figured out that Grayskull is unguarded because he didn't know sorceress was gone. Yeah, He-Man gives away uh, <laughs> the, the castle Grayskull is unguarded like, like right away. Wait, that means you don't know where the sorceress is. She's disappeared without a trace. Way to go, He-Man. Nice going. So uh, Skeletor, uh, uh, Skeletor's talking to him, and uh, Evil Lynn uh, just nails him with a beam from the from the gun. No! And uh, luckily, He-Man goes to the same world as Zor. <laughs> that was lucky. I mean, I do think that when Skeletor... It was in the same setting. <laughs> it's the exact same place. It's fine. When he buys these gadgets off Amazon, like, they can only, they only have one setting. Yeah. It's yeah. just kind of well, like, I mean, I mean, should, one why, why would you change it? You're, you're still sending them somewhere else. Yeah. And th it's, this is not the model that can go to multiple dimensions. Oh, there you go. He got the cheaper model. <laughs> He's got the, he got the cheap one. And, uh... <laughs> He, he got the one with the really loud motor, too, probably. It's like a blender. It's like, <laughs> I was like, do you want the blender that's $30 and sounds like you're dying like when you come near it? Like, like, do you want the one that's $100 and you can't hear it? And I'm not paying for that. Yes. <laughs> Give me the cheap one. No, it's like $500 if you don't want to hear it. Oh, seriously. What's with blenders? That, I, I just put in a garbage disposal. And like, uh, oh, yeah. so, so you can buy the garbage disposal that's uh, at a certain horsepower and stuff like that. But if you want it to be quiet, it's like an extra hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, I would believe it. And that's actually, crazy. The, the the one I put in, it's not, it's not, it's not bad. It's not, it's not terrible or anything. But I can't even imagine like the one that that costs you an extra hundred fifty dollars. What? It's like it probably doesn't sound like anything. It probably sounds like 
I'm like, how do I even know this thing's on? If, if, yeah, it it's just always that, on. That would be a little alarming. It probably is. Like, it makes me want to put my hand in there. Yeah. <laughs> just stick your hand in there. So see it if sounds, it's, so it's on. on. Let me see if it's on. It sounds it's so on. nice it's and on. quiet. makes me want to rest my hand in there. Yeah. <laughs> What's well, it? I'll take a nap? Let yeah, my, my hand wants to take a nap in there where it's all nice and quiet. Let my ear go in the hole. <laughs> Why would you do that? What a disturbing world we're living in. Uh, so that's why you don't get the super expensive garbage disposal, everybody. Yeah, there you go. Get the cheaper one. You won't put your hand in it. So, um, Can you put in a garbage disposal at our house? Because we don't have one. Yeah, actually, it's really not that hard. Okay. I bet you'd Next be surprised weekend. at how hard it would be for me to put that in. Scott, can... It would be hard for you to put that in. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Will. <laughs> it was... It was it's a little bit it's a little bit difficult with the <clears throat> trap and everything else but if you got that figured out you're it's pretty easy. Hmm. okay yeah all right so i'm good at other stuff <laughs> you are good at other things but not those video numbers. games <laughs> <laughs> yeah we already know you're bragging yeah. about it will not the physical uh, world i don't live in the physical world you shred up some nice guitar too that's true you can play a song and you can put in a garbage so disposal. things that are helpful trumpet, trumpet. yeah do a trumpet fanfare. You can do Metallica and taps. <laughs> Hopefully you won't need to play taps because you won't die putting in a garbage <laughs> <laughs> Please do at my funeral if I die putting in a garbage disposal. I'm going to I'm gonna say that your will said to put you in a garbage disposal that I installed. And then while you're playing taps. Right. <laughs> so let's keep, putting, keep pushing. Keep pushing him in there. It's going to take a while. <laughs> you gotta get that one and a half horsepower. Uh, it's gonna be so loud. Just gotta get some bone bone going through it. Oh my god! All right, I'm done. can we talk about Tila's first day on the job? Sure. So um, she she has to undergo <laughs> some training with the Spirit of Grey Skull, um, and it's neat. I did like the representation of magic because mm-hmm. I like when they show in like in whatever you know film television. I like when they show magic to be something that you concentrate on because mm-hmm. it makes it easy to imagine like how you use it. Like you see Skeletor and Evil Lynn just zapping things out of their fingers like it ain't nothing. But it seems Tila, more biological than. Uh, an effort or something. I mean, yeah, it's, it's 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 like that meditative mind space where you have to kind of be able to be in the right zone to be able to do the magic properly to tap into it. Um, and I, d- I did like that when she's having to practice, you know, starting to access the power of Grayskull by focusing on an orb. I don't remember. Whatever. I'm like, I really like that part. I don't remember. Yeah, she There's got an orb involved. Yeah. There is an orb. There's always an orb with magic. It's all orbs. You must master the crystal. In order to see the past and future, then you may attempt more difficult spells. Do you want to rest? No, I've got a lot of catching up to do. And she contemplates on the castle itself and sees the evil warriors amassed outside the gates. Yeah, so uh, she kind of freaks out like, whoa, I can't learn these powers that fast. I'm going to have to do something because it's, you know, now suddenly on her to defend Grayskull from... The intrusion. Yeah, they're trying to take advantage because they know the sorceress isn't there. Uh, so Tila has a great plan that I was delighted to see. I did like that. Yeah. She uh, comes. She comes out of the uh, jaw bridge dressed as the sorceress and imitates her. But she didn't have to do the sorceress's voice. That was so funny to it me. It was really funny, and she did a hilarious job. She was of, really good. Of sounding like Tila impersonating the sorceress. And it was the same lady who it does was, both voices. It was excellent. It was really good. It was very funny. I did like that a lot. I liked that part a and whole lot. Skeletor was like, there's something different. <laughs> I can stop you, Skeletor. It's the sorceress. Had you forgotten about me? I did like how she's wearing like the... I don't, where did she get like the her cowl? Yeah, yeah. like her her wing robe. It's like yeah. is, is that like a wing? Is she had like a whole closet of those? She must have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like how Blanche Devereaux kinda, has all her robes on the Golden Girls. Like Sorceress just has all the wing robes everywhere. Or like want, Rick I Flair. I want one that's like different, a different color though, like black or something. She should have like, more colors. Yeah. She, I wonder if she gets tired of orange and blue. It's not a great it's like color a, scheme. An alternate costume. It's a it's a, it's <laughs> contrast. I mean, it just, I know it contrasts on the color wheel. Yeah, Yeah, I know. We know. 
Will, do you want to tell Scott the story about... No, no, we're not. Never mind. That'll be... When I was in home ec <laughs> in middle school, yes. we had a lesson about the color wheel. Yes. And I listened very carefully to the lesson. And the lesson said to choose colors on the opposite side of the color wheel because they are complementary colors. We were given we were given a worksheet yeah. and told to use the color wheel and harness the powers of complementary <laughs> colors in this kitchen design. I did so. I looked at orange and then I looked across the street on the color wheel and picked blue okay. and I made everything orange and blue and I turned it in. The next week when I got the sheet back, I also had an F <laughs> on the paper. Yes. So I told the teacher, tell me why I got an F because I followed the rules of the color wheel. And she said, but it's ugly. And I said, but the color wheel. And she said, but it's ugly. I said, perhaps, but I did the color wheel. And she said, C plus. I said, okay. <laughs> and that if, is the story if, of the if, color wheel. Let's just say, if you're a Cavs fan in the eight, eight, early, late 80s, early 90s, you might like that kitchen. And see, and I think that she would have marked you down because um, those are University of Florida colors. And then she Possibly. would have been a Seminoles fan or a Georgia Bulldog, either thing. Possibly. But I was uh, very sanctimonious about standing on my the principles. The color wheel. It was yeah. enough that I had to endure the class. I followed the rules. Did you? I deserve uh, my grade. I, I, I guess I don't understand. Art is subjective, lady. Yeah. I, did you color it with like a markers or something? Color like pencil. Okay, yeah, but you had to color in like the cabinets. So it's probably something like you probably colored the cabinets orange. I'm just wondering, did you make a blue countertop, blue floors, and then orange cabinets? It was probably something like I'll that. I'll have you know that there was square tiled floors, and they okay. alternated blue and orange okay. tiles. All right, that's, that's not that's not bad. That's bad. That's bad, but not I not, would have, not what I was thinking. For history, I would have loved to I have can seen make it a, worse. a photo of the teacher's kitchen and like what 90s nonsense <laughs> was, was in everything's there. Everything's blonde cabinets. And yeah, it probably would have been really hideous. We, we we moved into a house when we moved here to Cleveland area. My parents bought a house that had a red kitchen. This red kitchen had red red walls, red countertops, red uh, appliances. Does the devil live here? <laughs> it, was, yes. it was different shades of red and there was different patterns. But it was a red kitchen. It's a lot like of red. Everything was red. That sounds like the Twin Peaks room. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's Vlad the Impaler's kitchen. <laughs> it was, it was straight, the house was straight out of the 70s. That's not going to get good marks in home ec. Yeah. The important thing is, home economics is important for day one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's important I, you, that you decorate well. Will, Will should have got a B minus. I'll, I'll just B say minus. that. B minus. You, you, you follow the instructions. Color wheel. Your, your aesthetic probably wasn't there. Yeah. Use the color. I didn't know you were allowed to use neutral color. This is He-Man, and I got help saying my magic words in Act 3. There's something different about her. But what? I know. It's her voice. It's not the same. Oh, maybe it's a trick. I know how to tell if it's the real sorceress. So... The sorceress uh, costume, which as we have discussed, we wish that she had more in different colors, but the sorceress costume distracts Skeletor for a bit, but he does eventually see through the, the disguise because he tries to quiz her on, on facts. And I thought Tila's answer was great. Mm -hmm. Then she just says something like, I don't have time for this foolishness. It's like sorceress totally would have said that, mm -hmm. but wasn't good enough. But tell me, sorceress, what spell was He-Man under when you rescued him from my dungeon? I have no time for games, Skeletor. Leave at once. He, he sends out a bolt in front of her feet and when Tila jumps, her cowl falls off, and so he says, It's the woman, Tila! <laughs> <laughs> and so she runs back into the castle. And she uh, is telling the castle that she's concerned because she doesn't have sorceress's powers and she can't defend the castle. And he tells her to uh, use him and, and use his powers. So he starts setting her up with all this um, funhouse illusion stuff where she can make duplicates of herself. Which was fun. And he also tells her, you are the sorceress. It's like, but she doesn't really know that. Like, she, does, she doesn't know that. Mm -hmm. Okay. He yeah. might be getting impatient with them not telling her stuff. He probably is. And let me tell you who else was. That would be me right here. And I'm not going to go off on a long thing because you all know how I feel. And I don't need to belabor the point. But Just why didn't it, we? Just say it, Rebecca. Just say it. Hashtag tell Tila. Why didn't we tell her? This is the perfect opportunity to tell her. She needed to know. 
This would that would have been just like the little zap she needed to go into like Hulkamania mode, and then she start whooping on everybody. Like Tila, did you know? But you're really the sorceress. You're really gonna be the sorceress. And then she could have gone and like atomic leg dropped everybody, and she didn't because they didn't tell her. There was good reason to believe the sorceress was never gonna come back. It's true. She was in some dimension, not even trying hard to get out. She was lucky He-Man wandered in there. So when uh, Trapjaw runs in after her, she's doing all this over here, Trapjaw, over here type stuff. And did you hear they were actually playing some funhouse music when he went they in? They were. That, that was enjoyable. Can't you make up your mind, Trapjaw? Or maybe you don't have a mind to make up. Uh, I'll show you who hasn't got a, a mind. Uh, I mean, uh, who, who has a mind. She uh, leads him in into a trap. And then Tila goes uh, to this giant screen that looks like the Enterprise screen and uh, calls Duncan uh, for reinforcements. And, and she says she's worried she can't do it. And he, he said, one thing about you is you always do your best, which I thought was sweet. It is sweet. Very sweet. Um, but I just want to know, didn't she leave the door open at this time? Because Trapjaw got in. <laughs> I guess like, so. Is Skeletor and uh, Evelyn just waiting out there? Or the no, are of... no, I actually, I think they came inside probably. I was going to say, like, the spirit of Grayskull had something, like, he distracted them for a moment, so he waylaid them in some way, which I don't remember Yeah, they're, how. they're occupied somehow. They're also, there, but they're occupied somehow. Also, I just want to say that um, I'm a fan of medieval stuff, and... Uh, castles in general and stuff like that so so like there's an in-between area between the main gate and the secondary gate it's called a murder hole uh-huh like why isn't castle grayskull like why can they even get inside <laughs> it's a good question there's a second there should be a secondary door in the first place not just the thing i guess it's magical they don't really need Spirit it of grayskull i'm considering building a murder hole <laughs> <laughs> That's not really on brand, Sorceress. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a sticker for that in the playset. They call it, they'll, call, they'll call it the stunner hole. How about that? <laughs> you may not be the Sorceress, dealer, but no one can ever say that you don't always try your best. That's why we're all counting on you. Everyone's depending on me. Well, Tila, let's give it a go. What you just said, Will, it was very nice that uh, Duncan kind of gives her a pep talk, but then he kind of also doesn't. Because, okay, 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 okay. Recently, it has come out in culture that it is a more important thing to tell children that um, they did a good job because they tried hard rather than telling kids that they're gifted. Like, mm -hmm. that is a, something that actually messes with your mind and it kind of stunts your development because you just think, oh, I'm special. Mm -hmm. But it's much more important for building self-esteem to you know praise someone for their efforts so like in this regard duncan is ahead of the curve okay and i can appreciate that but i have to tell you it drove me crazy as a it drove me crazy when he's like we're all relying on you tila but you don't have any special powers you just try hard like what that is a terrible thing to tell someone because let me tell you because he, he was sort of implying that you really don't have the resources to do this yes. but you need to fight to the end exactly like and I'll, okay can can we just go down that road a little bit and isn't this what we do to women all the time is that we don't tell them that they have any power but we also tell them we're relying on you for literally everything but there's nothing special about you so don't put too much pressure on yourself but then also we really need you to do everything and step up to the plate and do everything Tila and I was mad because you know what if you put intense pressure on yourself and you suspect you aren't good enough nothing you observe is telling you otherwise then you cannot be convinced with the perfunctory like oh, you succeeded you'll do your best which is exactly what happens which is exactly end. what happens yeah. this is actually a recipe for paralyzing self-doubt and just think, if somebody had just taken one second to say, oh, by the way, you do have powers, they are demonstrable, and they are verifiable, and we can measure them, that might give you a little bit of spark of confidence that it takes in order to perform up to this, the standard that you see. He could have said, remember when you disarmed me and saw the people outside? He could have even said that, but I'm just saying, she got some magic powers and in there. And he went to that community of all women, which we didn't hear near enough about. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you did all that flipping. Yeah, all your acrobatics right. were the best. That's right, and she got her own show, and I know you're bitter about that. Taylor, Taylor, I uh, think that we should have given her some knowledge 
of her own stinking power to give her confidence because we already know that she's hard on herself. And maybe I'm just seeing a little bit of myself in Tila because I feel like somebody would just tell me one minute of my life, did you know you're actually extraordinarily good at this one thing? Then maybe I would do everything and I would be the leader of Castle Grayskull. But no. But you always do your best, Rebecca. Like, well, thanks, Duncan. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> Maybe I got a little worked up. I feel. Do you feel Scott. like you'd be satisfied? It would be interesting to show like Tila in the future and call the show Tila, or like Tila, Princess of Grayskull. No, Queen of Grayskull. Something of Grayskull. Yeah, yeah. Guardian of Grayskull. Guardian of Grayskull. That's a good yeah, one. Something. Yeah. Do, 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 do you feel like you'd be more satisfied at that point where they, the storyline picks up like way after? I would love like, to see a flash forward. Around, yeah. And now he's actually like older. I would love to see a flash forward of Tila in the role of sorceress because you just never. Focus around her more, maybe. Or Dude, like... I would totally. I would love that. I would love to see that. I kind of want to make that, that. That that seems like a good show. I think it would be a really good show. That would have been a pretty good episode where she could have even had um, a future Tila who is the sorceress. The uh, wheel of time comes back. Yeah. <laughs> you see the future. Yeah, yeah, and she got a future Tila who is the sorceress could uh, give her counsel and help Ooh. them avoid some a, a future apocalypse see, thing like or that. something. So, I mean, just like, why? Like, okay, again. They need to show her with power. She yeah. dispatched everyone, you know, um, to in a, in a way that wound the plot up. But she wasn't happy with how it went because Skeletor freaking got inside. She wasn't happy about any of that. But then at the end, Duncan is like, but you did your best and you did succeed. It's like, well, that's not really how she saw it. Tell her she's got powers. Tell her she's a dang sorceress. Tell her. Tell her. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> We've got to find the sorceress. I'm afraid to think of what might be happening at the castle. Um, and then meanwhile, He-Man just sees Zor perched on a rock. Oh no, she gets stuck in some caves. And then he helps her, and then he, they just zap back because somehow the sword and her power together can get them back to Eternium. Yeah, they can they can uh, channel the spirit of Grayskull a lot easier now that they have uh, He-Man's sword, and they all say by the pa- uh, Battle Cat, Sorceress, and He-Man all say by uh, by the power of Grayskull. I did like Battle Cat saying it Me too. too. It was fun. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yes. By the power of Grayskull! So they get in and they do some illusion stuff and uh, trick Skeletor and Evil Lynn and are, are able to uh, get them to flee through through a portal. I also did like Evil Lynn getting bound up in the ropes and she's like trying to wiggle and jump in the ropes and mm-hmm. she's like very annoyed and screaming. I do love that. <laughs> I love how mad Evil Lynn gets at everything. Let me out of this! Skeletor! I also relate to that as well. (laughs) The ropes are your life, Rebecca. (laughs) No! (laughs) You fools! Um... So at the end, uh, Tila is uh, given the the throne (laughs) one last look, and she has a little meeting with the the sorceress. And um, Tila is talking about how she thinks she didn't really do a good job, and the sorceress says she was exactly the right person for the role. And um, she has, uh, she's very special and overcame her fears. And um, she, and then Tila said, as a sweet thing, where she says she never knew her mother, but uh, she wished uh, that she could be somebody just like you. And they show the sorceress crying a little bit. Yeah, and they have a hug. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty neat little moment. It was a nice little moment when we keep secrets from each other that we don't need to keep about how you are the sorceress and then you are the mother and why it's fine. We've discussed this before. I don't need to discuss it anymore. Uh, it was a sweet moment. Beautiful as hell. <laughs> yes. I was crying. Was there anything else? Yeah, that, that was a nice little wrap up. And then we just had the moral, which was essentially a... Don't, Not, yeah, don't be discouraged. Yeah, do your, your best. best. Don't give up, etc. It's a draw. You will be a princess someday. So anyway, yeah. Like, uh, overall, I you know, I do like episodes with Tila at the center of them because obviously like I like her she's a great character and it's very fun but it does frustrate me why can't she know you don't like the episodes where He-Man's the center of things <laughs> it's, a, it's a little less it's a little harder for me to relate to He-Man and his feelings oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great I'm Huck, gonna punch hucking, that hucking ground snakes yeah basically that doesn't look a lot like my life or no ground octopuses yeah I mean it's like looking in a mirror I know <laughs> 
I like this one a lot because um, we got the actual character growth and this was part of the main storyline and we got to see them act like real people which I really like I really like the human moments yeah. in it uh, in a lot of ways you, you know just the plot of it and the surprises that were in there and how funny it was in some places this was one of my favorite ones I've seen I think um, you like this more than the Rainbow Warrior? I I don't know if more than that, but I like this one quite a bit. Okay. I, and we're talking about He Man. Uh, yeah, He Man. Just uh, he's talking oh, about oh, oh 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 more than oh the the astronaut one. True. Yeah, not not as not as good as that one, but I liked it quite a bit. So I am going to go four point eight sorceress impressions. <laughs> oh, sorceress! I liked that's it. A good one. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it, I thought it was really moving. And I really like how they were human. Okay, I'm just going to bring it down a little bit. 4.1. Uh-huh. I still liked this one, but you know my issues, and I don't need to say any more. Okay. Scott? I uh, passed the mantle on to you, Scott, but I won't tell you why. Okay. It's That's not good. because you're my son, and you're going to be the sorceress one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. Not, not that at all. Not at all. Don't pay attention to that. We don't, kind of don't look alike. Don't believe in my own head. <laughs> He has no powers. No, I I did I really did enjoy this. Um, Four point six sorcerer's impressions. <laughs> yeah, I just I I did really enjoy the whole uh, even even like some some of the animations and stuff like that and just the the whole episode I th- I thought was good for the storyline at least. I feel like they could have done a little bit more, um, but overall uh, for a He-Man episode it was it was it was really good. All right. Okay, it's time for our 11th lightning round. In this round, we have some Skeletor Orco team-ups. Did I write down that correctly? Maybe they just meet. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, not a Uh, (laughs) team-up. Some some tiny heroes, more people selling out He-Man. I think we got a new drug episode and a whole world of lookies. I'm glad I didn't have that one. Uh, Will must have had it. Will Will won that one. Yeah. (laughs) I debated giving it to other people, but I kind of wanted to see it for myself. You gave me the drug episode, so thanks. (laughs) I appreciate it. I thought you needed the lesson. (laughs) Aww. Okay, so I think I start. So the first of 11 of these uh, is uh, episode 104 of He-Man called The Secret of Grayskull. Alrighty. In this one, there's some insanity that transpires because Orko thinks nobody likes him. I'm just going to explain that because it's very confusing. Okay. Uh, there's an attack of some spider fireworks and Orko finds Duncan in the garage and says, are you hurt? He says, what does it look like? He says, look like he hurt yourself. He says, very good. Now leave me alone. So Skeletor sees Orko feeling sorry for himself. So Skeletor appears as a genie to him, but it sounds exactly like Skeletor. And he says, wouldn't they be better off if you never came back? And Zwar swoops in and says, your genie was not what you think. Your friends love you. Uh, a, then uh, she shows Orko flashbacks of everybody talking about how much they love him. And Duncan's like, Orko gone? I don't even want to think about it. Um, and we talk about how he saved Adam. So really he saved He-Man. And uh, Skeletor kidnaps Orko to help him get into Skull. But then the sorceress shows up and gets He-Man to help stop Skeletor at the gates and uh, He-Man does a little parachute trick with Orko like they used to do when they were kids and uh, after all this Orko won't doubt that his friends like him anymore and Duncan says he punishes people because he loves them. (laughs) (laughs) It was crazy but it was fun. I'm going to give it three Orko parachutes. Alright. 2 of 11. He-Man season 2 episode 105 No Job Too Small. Okay, are you ready? Yes. Oh. Okay, it opens up with uh, Prince Adam wrestling a sumo wrestler and gets his butt kicked. Skeletor's on vacation, so Evelyn tr- thinks that she should kidnap Prince Adam while he's holiday holidaying. Yes. Prince Adam is uh, playing with some skulls in the sand and awakens some giant beasts. He-Man shows up and Evelyn uh, decides to kidnap Man-at-Arms, Tila, and Orko. They set up an elaborate trap with a shrink ray and a rock. He-Man has to think real hard on how to defeat this trap or his friends will be shrunk forever. Uh, He changes back to Prince Adam and sneaks back in to make himself tiny, climbs up the rope, makes, uh, almost gets eaten by Panthor. Um, Everyone gets out uh, safe and then tiny Prince Adam tricks Panthor and makes himself big and Panthor tiny. Then he also tricks uh, 
Beastman and um, Whiplash and makes them tiny and puts them all in a nice little cage. It was, <laughs> it was, a, and that was that's how it kind of ended out. Um, it was it was a pretty fun episode actually. Um, they're just like going back and forth and like there was a lot of stuff with uh, Evil Lynn being worried or not or uh, Beastman being worried about Skeletor and that sounds uh, funny yeah and uh, I and uh, Evil Lynn getting in trouble because she's trying to like capture them while Skeletor's not there. He's like you're never supposed to do that while Skeletor's not here. <laughs> That's uh-huh. funny. Yeah. yeah, I like the idea of the the idea of the scale difference like with, with Panthor being giant. That's cool. Um, 4.1 Tiny Ryan. All right. I have the third one uh, of 11. This is episode 106 of He-Man called The Bitter Rose. All right. All right. This is about a rose that is secretly holding a lot of things together. And also there's some bug people in it. So Duncan unveils a rose painting. And we learn this rose bloomed on a mountain where a goddess widow wept. And Driel cries because it's a beautiful story. Uh-huh. Orko wishes he could get something that nice for her. And, <laughs> and Corinthia says, you don't have any money. So <laughs> so Orko goes and plucks the rose off the mountain. But it's a load-bearing rose. And the mountain <laughs> starts crumbling. Uh, this is distressing to the bug people who live on it. Skeletor says, it looks like it's moving time for the insect people. Uh, Orko is captured and one of the insect people rescues him. And the bad guys pursuing the new... F- flying, uh, rotating uh, rotor toy, I think it's called. Um, the insect man has insane vascularity, like Lex Luger or something. Duncan puts the damaged rose in a maturator machine, but it's the love between Orko and Driel that restores it. They replant the rose and it manifests as a goddess who makes things flourish because she is no longer bitter. Beastman and Trapjaw give Skeletor a fake flower to hide their failure, but get shot for their efforts. Um, saying it out loud, uh, I'm going to give it um, 3.6 moving days. So, 4 of 11. That's me. Uh, it's He-Man, uh, season two, episode 107, The Gambler. Okay. Uh, 1930s mustache man uh, uh, was juggling balls and asked the team to pick pick a ball as he's mixing them um, and to pick the one with the diamond. Man in Arms gets uh, squirted in the face because he listens to Orko and picks the wrong one. Okay, so there's this small troll guy called Smudge, and he he keeps picking the right the right ball, and then uh, Orko or uh, sorry, Man Man Arms, there's a, there's an alarm going off, and he's like he's like uh, the the mines the mines all in trouble, and the guy's like I'm doing this right now, you guys go check that out. So Man at Arms uh, goes to save the mine and gets trapped in the mine. He Man burrows through, saves uh, Man at Arms, and. The guy is still picking balls. <laughs> uh, so the mustache man tricks him, of course, and tricks him to get him some of this cordite. Um, then the mustache man puts it in his uh, uh, tank, tricks He-Man, zaps him. He-Man busts free and crushes the mustache man's uh, laser cannon. Uh, he saves the reactor by taking and lifting this humongous reactor that's the size of a castle and launching it into space. <laughs> As you do. It is... It was ridiculous. All because of a gambler. Uh, 3.6 gambling balls. Okay. Lord, I was born a gambling ball. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not even the right band that you would sing for a gambler. So we'd have to pay for the rights for that one, though. <laughs> Whatever. All right. So we reviewed episode 108, Teela's Triumph. And today's show, if you remember, um, I don't. <laughs> it was so long ago in all the possible worlds. Um, now we have 5 of 11, He-Man, Season 2, Episode 109, Orko's New Friend. Orko's friend Squatch, a known liar and storyteller, teller and tall tale teller, is visiting. And he's got a dumb cap with ear flap and goggles, which is terrible. So the intergalactic police, who are awesome by the way, show up and they say that there's something hunting someone called the Slave Master and his robot sidekick, Jawbreaker. So keep a lookout, everyone, at the palace. So Squatch tells a bunch more stories and of course, Squatch, a known liar, sees the Slave Master for real and Squatch and Orko get in his ship, but Orko gets captured. The Slave Master has double pistol holsters and he's a space cowboy robot. And I loved him. I loved seeing all the enslaved creatures on the ship also. There were a bunch of different creatures that were really fun. So Squanch tells Teela and Adam, and of course they go through the motions of the boy who cried wolf story lesson kind of a thing, but then that doesn't pan out. The slave master wants a really strong slave. So the palace folk 
make He-Man do a feats of strength show to entrap the Slave Master. Duncan says, it's like fishing with He-Man as the bait. And then so He-Man lets himself get taken so he can rescue Orko and all the creatures. They all battled the Slave Master and minions and it was really fun. So this is actually a pretty fun one. 4.1 tall tails out of 5. Cool. I like that robot. Yeah, he looked awesome. He looked very cool. Okay, so so that was 109. We'll review episode 110 in a future show. So be on the lookout. And now we're up to me again. Mm-hmm. So I have Double Trouble, which is also the name of the episode. This is He-Man Season 2, Episode 111, Double Trouble. Okay, a thunderstorm has revealed a secret passage to Snake Mountain and the Mirror of Moravath, which makes an evil copy of whoever uses it, or like an opposite copy. Koldar, a generic pantsless friend of He-Man, is in Eternia mm-hmm. for what I presume will be an award ceremony for Best Helmet from Randor. Mm-hmm. Skeletor creates a diversion so that Koldar can be captured by Evil Lynn. And uh, Koldar knows her by name, so I guess they used to date or something. Okay, so the opposite mirror makes a bad Koldar ready to steal the secrets of Grayskull for Skeletor. And there's also a freezing device involved. Don't worry about that. Whatever. Evil Koldar asks for a tour of Castle Grayskull. Mm -hmm. And then he cackles as he disappears into its recesses and Sorceress is powerless to stop him because Koldar is a friend and so she can't stop him. Meanwhile, the real Koldar tricks Skeletor into looking in the mirror and makes a good Skeletor who is very boring and helpful in a perfunctory fashion. Evil Koldar gets zapped by the Grayskull Guardian because he's too evil to get the secrets, obvs. And then good Skeletor punches the mirror to destroy it. And I said 3.9 Guardian tests out of five. Wait, wait. Is this the episode where he walks through the mirror and then punches it? Yes, he walks through the mirror and, punch, and then punches it. So that's a good Skeletor? That was the good Skeletor oh, he did. He they, was they good. They didn't change the color or anything of him? No, he was exactly the same. And then also, he was even he got zapped for a while, so he was unconscious. He barely talked, good Skeletor didn't. Did he talk like Skeletor? Yes, he just talked like Skeletor. And he was just only helpful and boring. And I'm like, come on, this just could have been the whole the episode could have been good Skeletor. But it's Yeah, okay. he should have had a different voice or something. That's he could funny. have had a different everything, but so, it's really too bad. So basically, they were like, like the opposite. Yeah, yeah, they so could have colored him. him can you hand me that? And he's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, it was just that. It was just like that. It My was, pleasure. Yeah, I mean, it was just very simple. They they just did. They had very perfunctory dialogue with him, and it was really too bad. And then of course they had a little thing at the end where they tricked. Skeletor is like what He-Man says like are you my friend and there are two both of the Skeletors were standing together and the real Skeletor couldn't say yes but good Skeletor was like yes okay it's me uh 7 11 uh He-Man season 2 episode 112 uh the attorney of flower oh god I watched this one by accident a little bit oh my god I'm so scar- sorry it looks terrible sorry <laughs> it's okay drug episode Number two. Juno, the uh, young boy, uh, was meeting uh, Count Marzo and Pink Lurch. Juno takes a a black flower that uh, Count Marzo gives him and snorts it and like crazy and crashes his own party he like he like gets up on a wall and he's climbing down and then he, it's like 20 feet up in the air and you're like what are you doing and he's gonna about to fall off a 20 foot two stories up and they, he gets saved so he gets super high from the black flower juice uh, uh juno tells his friends to meet him out in the middle of the desert so that they can take over eternia count marzo kidnaps juno and his brother Chad with the black flower. He makes Chad uh, uh, sniff the black flower and he loses his mind too. Uh, Orko informs everyone that Count Margo had a black flower farm on Tralla, uh, but he was banished. And at one point, Pink Lurch calls Wolf Bats and he's like, and you're like, what is happening? Um, He man beats, he beats the Wolf Bats. He-Man saves the boys. Count Margo uh, leaves for his home. And then they follow him t- through a dimensional gate and beat the Count. And the moral is to not do drugs. <laughs> um, a 2.8 Black Nightmares. That's what the, that's what the wow. flower is called. I, I do like the name of the flower. That's a good that's, flower name. That brought it up at least like 0.3 points. Yeah, that was worth some points there. All right, I have uh, 8 of 11. This is, we're on to She-Ra now. This is season two, episode two, Return of the General. So this is back, we're back with General Sunder, who, who we've seen before. 
General Sunder and Mally, if you remember, they are now married and living a very domestic life in Brightmoon. And they even have a child. I assume they're married. They might be living in sin. <gasps> um, but uh, Hordak decides to start attacking Brightmoon. And She-Ra stops him. And so his direct attack on Brightmoon, the village, didn't work. So he's going to go with the Johnny Cash strategy and take Brightmoon one piece at a time. Starting with Sunder's wife and kid and other villagers. So they get kidnapped. So then Sunder feels compelled to rejoin the rebellion. And he's going to ride into the fright zone for the prisoners while the rebels prepare for an air attack on Castle Brightmoon. So Angela, Glimmer, and She-Ra fly to punch robots. And I didn't think Glimmer could fly, but okay. Uh, it was pretty rad. Sunder gets zapped, leading the prisoners away. So She-Ra swoops in, attracts Hordak's fire so they can flee. And Sunder returns to being Farmer Sunder, which is a terrible name for a farmer. Look, he says, hug your family. 3.8, I'm just a farmer now, out of five. I didn't really like this one. I should say it lower. 3.6. <laughs> we already reviewed She-Ra season two, episode three, Out of the Cocoon during a previous show. And that was a good one. It was Butterfly Powers. Okay. Will. This is season two, episode four of She-Ra, A Lesson in Love. In this episode, a spoiled princeling makes trouble. Kevin, a spoiled princeling, is tired of studying and doesn't want to be king, so he gets on his rocket cycle but ends up going through a portal to Hordak's castle. Shadow Weaver puts a mind control spell on him so he can infiltrate the rebels on their way to a carnival. Madame Raz is prepping for the carnival and her mirror calls her ugly, but she but says she has internal beauty and she's okay with that. The carnival made me want to throw my computer away, but then Kevin summons the horde who captures Flutterina with a butterfly net. The rebels figure out that Kevin is under their control, but he goes with She-Ra to save Flutterina. And on the way, She-Ra says to Kevin, let's remember to discuss your personal problems later. At the castle, Kevin overcomes the mind control to save She-Ra from a magical lasso and everyone's freed. Kevin's father arrives in a UFO and everyone agrees he could do some King stuff later. It was real weird, uh, but I had fun talking about it. So 2.5 rocket cycles. I do love spoiled princelings. Was it was a, a butterfly net gigantic? Yes. That's okay. kind of funny. Was he holding himself? Yes, like a, oh. I think so. Wow. He got it out of a tank, but I think he used it himself, if That's I remember. That's crazy. That's yeah. pretty funny. This is 10 of 11. Uh, She-Ra Season 1, Episode 5. Something old, something new. All right. Uh, so it opens up with uh, Eli, the apprentice wizard, is fighting the horde. He saves the Serenity Stone from uh, some, from some horde troopers that uh, they're trying to get for um, Shadow Weaver. Eli is uh, looking for Madame Raz to get his final lessons because he was a study under the uh, wizard Candor, and he told him uh, for his final lesson to go get Madame Raz. Um, Shadow Weaver tricks him uh, to come come to him and dresses up like Candor. It's pretty funny. Um, Madame uh, Madame Raz and Shira go to save him. They learn if they if the stone is not returned to uh, this pyramid thing, the world will blow up. Uh, Eli gets is uh, butt kicked by Shadow Weaver and Shadow Weaver gets the stone. Uh, She-Ra trips her up and she drops the stone down a crevasse. Um, Madam and Eli hold Shadow Weaver in a force field. She-Ra gets the stone. She puts the stone back in the um, uh, in the pyramid and uses her masonry skills to put the pyramid back together. Um, uh, She-Ra gets tossed back to the horde hall and Eli's head shrinks back to normal size. I just yeah, thank head. goodness. Yeah, that even that last sentence just tells me everything <laughs> I need to know about that episode. That sounds crazy. And so he literally that, got a big head. No, he did. He figuratively, did, he, he, yeah, figuratively, he got a big okay. head. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right, I want him to have a literal yeah, big head. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted his head to be bigger too because yeah. he was he was he was a little <laughs> ow little. I'm gonna think he has a big head because I didn't see it. All right, bring us on home, Will. All right, this is 11 of 11. This is Lookie's Sweetie. I'm so upset. Uh, okay, so... Sweaty. Some Lookies are running away from mechanical dogs. Their mechanical dogs are running them down. They're called Terror Terriers. Oh, that sounds good. There's a girl one and one with a beard, and they're called Conceals, like they're being concealed because they go invisible. They're sneaking into dungeons and bringing fruit to prisoners, and they're the last of their kind. 
Uh, Adora has gone camping just with her in spirit, and Adora yanks Lookie out of the bushes, who's been eating her thermal bread. Uh, then the girl Lookie, who got away, her name's Lassie, or Lassie, shows up and uh, talks about the other Lookies that got captured. Uh, She-Ra and the Lookies uh, arrive at a prison camp on Beast Island, so uh, She-Ra and the Lookies fall into an energy drain slime pit, and Catra gets on a really neat PA system that's a rib cage with a bone diaphragm in the middle. Uh, then there's a new, fully developed pig character that comes out of the slime. He talks like a raspy mobster and says, mud is wonderful. And Shira says, I'm sure it's very nice for you, Mr. Slime Pig. He has mud goggles. Lookie wrestles with him and gets liquid that will free them. And Shira says, stealing is wrong, now give it back. And the Slime Pig is moved to use it to free them. So let's just move along. Shira frees all the conceals, which... Um, uh, I'm just still going to call Lookies. At, at, at the end, um, the Lookies wonder about the slime pig who shows up to lecture Catra about the virtues of slime. Uh, Lookies still hid in this episode as if there weren't <laughs> enough. <laughs> he still was he in the jail. Like, not only was I'm he, hiding in jail. Not only was he in the episode, he hid in his own episode, and I did not find him. Was he also in? Was he in the same scene? I don't think so. Because that would be hilarious. So. I don't think so. He's in the same scene and he's hiding in the scene. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks for listening. Next week, we'll be reviewing Season 2, Episode 20 of She-Ra, Sweet Bee's Home, in which Hordak tries to capture the bee people, but they get revenge by tricking him into exploring an old abandoned shed. If you'd like to follow along with the show, you can find our episode guide at www.thewizardsnightshirt.com. If you have any questions or comments, or just want to say hi to us, or thank you, or anything, tell us about your band, <laughs> tell, us, tell us about your video games, any, anything, anything. Uh, you can email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. We want to thank you for listening, and please remember, if you borrow a robe from Sorceress, it's dry clean only.